Welcome to the Nonprofit Exchange Podcast. Stories by leaders for leaders to help you raise the bar on your own excellence to release the potential inside of you. Now, here's today's podcast. This is Hugh Ballou welcoming you back to the Nonprofit Exchange. Uh, we've been doing this for eight and a half years, and we've had some fascinating guests. Today, we're going to deal with employee retention. Now, we're running a business. We're running a nonprofit, but that's a business. And we have employees. We have volunteers. We have staff. We have contractors. It's more costly than any of us know to replace an employee. So we're going to talk about the retention and, and absenteeism today. And it's, it's up to the leader. So Douglas, we're talking to nonprofit leaders and clergy today, and they don't know you. So tell them a little bit about you and your background, and why do you do this work? Okay, well, thanks, Hugh, and a uh, uh, pleasure to join you today, and I look forward to interacting with your audience. Uh, I, I'll, I'll step back many years ago that uh, explain a little bit of how I got involved in this. Um, you know, when I graduated university back in, uh, well, way back in 1979, I actually worked in the food and chemical industries uh, in various management positions uh, for probably about 25 years. And the the last half of that was really in sales positions and um, different roles, but uh, primarily selling different products and services into uh, the commercial side of uh, and the industrial side of, uh, of the economy. Uh, around 2000, I started a part-time business that was involved in employee recognition. So employee recognition products, employee reward products. And I felt then, and, and I still believe now that recognition and appreciation are really one of the, the, the cornerstones uh, of engagement. It's important to, to recognize and appreciate employees for their effort, their hard work, their achievements, and so on. Um, but really, the, the reason I started that business was uh, I had young children at the time that were getting into their teenage years. And I wanted to teach them a little bit about the business world and help them learn a little bit of money. So those those were the reasons. And then around the year 2000 and 2007 and 2008, I, I had come to the realization that they're, you know, to to motivate people and to retain people, there were more things well beyond recognition. And um, the, at that time, engagement was becoming kind of uh, popular and uh, you heard that a lot about it's the importance of having engaged employees that are committed and devoted and motivated and all those things. So uh, the the company that I started was Engaged to Perform. And Engaged to Perform really was primarily about employee engagement surveys to understand your employees' needs, to uh, to realize you know what improvements they were seeking, uh, to identify some of their challenges and concerns and uh, goals and dreams and all those things. And so there was a, um, and, and that business still operates today, but over this time frame, we really had an opportunity uh, to collect a wealth of data that, um, you know, gave us real insights, real true insights into employees and what their feelings were, what their thoughts were about their careers and the companies they worked for and, and so on. And, um, you know, so that was that was a that was a real eye-opening experience, and and what we identified was really about twenty common categories. Now, 
That's not to say, and there are very unique differences within those common categories, but those 20 common categories are what we call the key drivers to employees' decisions to stay or to resign. So, um, and then about, uh, I'm going to say a year and a half, two years ago, we started to read and, and see that there was really increasing challenges with retaining employees. Um, there was many articles written about the great retention and uh, you and David might have read those, Hugh. And so we felt we had something to offer. So we prepared some programs centered around how the manager can better interact with the employee to, to focus on those retention drivers, to build stronger relationships. And, and that has brought us where I am today with uh, uh, operating uh, Managed to Retain. So yeah. that's, that's a quick overview. Um, you know, to summarize my experience, but my driving passion, I would say, is that employees, every employee really should be entitled to work with dignity and respect in their career. And then, um, you know, they they are going to be much happier in, in their, their personal lives. So. so let's get a lens on this problem. How big a problem is, is this retention? You know, people leave, used to be, my dad worked a whole career in an in in, in organization and then got the yeah. gold. But we don't do that anymore. But the rotation seems to be more often. So why does that happen? What's at the root of that? And then how does that uh, impact the organization and its functioning? Well, yeah, there's there's a lot to uh, uncover there. But definitely uh, times are changing. Um, you know, back in the uh, 50s and 60s when we grew up, I guess, uh, a lot of people did work for maybe one uh, company for their career, or maybe one or two. Uh, I would say the average now is probably eight to 10 career changes over a lifetime. And there's different drivers for that. I think um, business world has changed. Um, you know, I don't think there's maybe as much loyalty uh, from the company side as there was at one time. You know, if, if there's downsizing or change and, and restructuring to deal with the, the business issues of the world, Often employees, you know, can be out of a job or they can have a changed role or something like that. And so those one things, uh, I would say also now that there, there's many different generations in the workforce. Uh, and I think some of the younger generations definitely do have uh, a different approach, uh, different beliefs about work, different attitudes maybe about work. And not to say that they're wrong, but they're, they're just different than really what we grew up with. So if, if, if an organization isn't meeting some of their needs and expectations, um, they, they will look out elsewhere. And that's, that's been well written about and well documented. And there was a second part of your question, Hugh, that I, I may have missed, but. Well, um, it, it, how big is that, this problem? Oh, it, it's, a, it's a tremendous problem, um, not only in the business world, but I suspect that uh, nonprofit uh, organizations are well as well are struggling with this uh, just to give you a sense of the economic um, impact it, it's been said now that uh, turnover costs the U.S. economy about 700 between 700 and 800 billion dollars annually so that that'll give you some sense of how big this challenge is and how big this problem is and just a further note um, we recently ran some poll and, and, and um, studies and um, what we saw was that many organizations are finding it hard to keep employees even 18 months of time. So a year, a year and a half, 
And, you know, it was about 25% of the respondents indicated that they're losing people within 18 months. So that that's a real eye opener too, that, you know, when you're investing money and in training employees and trying to help them uh, help themselves as well as help the company, and you're putting that time and effort and resources into that, you're really not getting your money back if somebody leaves in a year, year and a half. Let's let's focus on. Um, we could talk about that topic all day. That's a big deal. But let's focus yeah. on um, the person of the employee. Now you talked about the company valuing and then the employee, the loyalty from both sides. And I think that's changed on both sides over the years. But um, the statistics for nonprofit leaders specifically is the burnout rate is is before the pandemic was 45% in some of the surveys. And 75% were looking at the exit door. So their personal needs weren't being met. They were being driven and they were reaching a burnout point. And as you know, the nonprofit leader works for the board. Um, and sometimes boards don't value the personal needs. So speak about this this driver, and maybe it goes back to even the hiring process. So what do we do about uh, the personal needs of the employee, and why is that important? Yeah, yeah well, they are important. And, uh, you know, I think that the, when you talk about burnout, I, I think when people are engaged and they're motivated and they're enjoying their work, I, I think um, burnout um is still going to happen, but probably at a lower level. It's not going to be as much because people enjoy their work. They, they're fulfilled in their work. But when they um, are facing drudgery and, and tasks that they don't enjoy and, they're, and they're, they're not communicating perhaps with their boss or um, they don't have a chance to work with their strengths or uh, the experience isn't what they expected, then it, it becomes more of drudgery. And I think the, the potential for burnout is much higher. But I want to elaborate a little bit on the unique needs because all of us are unique in our own way. And, and we call these intrinsic factors. And, you know, but we all have our own desires, uh, goals and, and needs and interests and expectations and so on. And um, but they also uh, every one of us approaches our relationships differently. And some are more communicative or extroverted, uh, while others are maybe more shy or introverted. Um, and again, you know, everyone has a different personality to some degree. And then you can even look at uh, things like strengths and abilities uh, and how they relate to how people approach their jobs and organize their work and so on. So, you know, really, um, I think that's an important thing that the managers and senior leaders have to understand is that those unique drivers and unique um keys have to be met because they often control the emotions and feelings about how what someone thinks about their job what someone thinks about their careers and when organizations put in place generic programs or corporate-wide programs that are designed to kind of benefit the the employee and often they do and i'm not critical of, of benefits but many times they don't address and support and meet the needs uh, those individual personal needs of the employees. So I hope that I've explained that properly. I think so. And David and I, and I both have been on both sides of this equation, haven't we, David? Absolutely. You know, and and what you uh, just alluded to was uh, pretty Im important that that oftentimes those one size fits all things are doomed to failure from the onset. And I think, yeah, you know, they are. 
when it comes to stuff like that, what kind of role does the manager have to play in that thing? Is he following the corporate, uh, you know, mandate or is he, you know, or she responsible more so to the employee? Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, I will, um, David. Thanks. And it's, it's a good question. It's one that maybe there isn't an easy answer to, but I'll do my best here. I think First of all, the, the managers are put in place by senior leaders and owners to often manage a department or, or manage a group of employees and generate results. And, and, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. I think the managers and their department have to generate results to, uh, uh, to, to be successful, to achieve the goals and to achieve the objectives of the company and help them grow and be profitable. So there's certainly that side of the equation. but it really boils down to how they do that and how they lead. And, you know, if they're leading with their power and authority uh, to achieve results, or if they're leading with uh, the interests of their employees and, and empathy and caring and support um, to, to kind of motivate and, and drive high performance and build loyalty and trust and those kind of things, it's, it's two separate worlds. And, um, but if they if they can lead with that the second part of that equation with with trust and motivation and loyalty, they can achieve the same results. But at the same time, they can they can um, bring their their employees with them. And by that I mean having strong followers who are committed to the objectives of the company, to the objectives of the department, uh, you know, to the the mission of the company, and so on. And and just to, to elaborate a little bit further on the manager's role. When we look at those key drivers of employee retention, now just an example, as I mentioned earlier, employee recognition still is today very important to appreciate employees for their effort and their achievements, but every employee likes to be recognized differently. Some are shy and, and introverted and don't, don't want to go up on stage with a massive audience clapping and things like that. So they might require a more personal thank you note or or perhaps a dinner out or something like that. But again, who's who's responsible for that recognition? And often it's the manager because they're in the position to know what that employee has achieved, what work they've put into something, you know, what um, they've maybe they've gone above and beyond or those kind of things. And those, so it's often the manager that controls and influences that recognition. And that's just one of several examples where the manager really is in the driver's seat to influence and control those 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 things. Well, yeah, I would highly highly agree with that. And and you know, there's a lot of the whole employee uh, employer relationship has changed basically because of COVID and the way things have you know evolved over time. Um, you know, and you see stuff on online that says, you know, that, well, employees don't leave companies, they leave their manager. Well, True. it's, you know, and that's, that's, that probably has, you know, some real weight to it. But when you look at it from the manager standpoint, there's got to be some, some fundamental three, two, three things that have got to be uh, the manager's role in retaining those employees. How, can you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, I will, David. Thanks. Um, I would say there are three core things that we've identified, and they encompass all of those main uh, or, or those 20 categories and drivers that I mentioned earlier. The first one is that I think the employee is in the strongest position to cultivate 
employee engagement. And uh, there's many different employee engagement drivers. Um, I think I had a list here I could share with your audience, but recognition was one of them. So that's one. You can have autonomy is another one. Everybody likes to have some independence in their work and some autonomy in their work. They don't want to be maybe micromanaged, if you wanted to use that word. Um, you know, certainly they like feedback. Employees want strong communication. They want strong um, interactive communication where they have input and they can discuss challenges and problems with their, their manager or leader. Uh, another thing is to be treated with respect and dignity. You know, oftentimes when there's a problem or an issue, you don't want to see the manager perhaps becoming too critical or uh, too demanding or something like that. Um, so that's another one. Um, you know, purpose and meaning is, is also important. Um, again, some of these things are more important to employees than others. Um, but, you know, some people, they want to work with purpose. They want to work with meaning. Um, people like to be in on what's going on within the organization. If there's change that's being restructured and things like that, they like to know, well, how is this impacting me or how is it affecting me and my role? And, you know, you have to be careful with that because sometimes if the role shifts and you ask employees to do something different, all of a sudden you hear, well, that's not what I signed on for. And so these kind of things. So all, all in total, um, you know, I could mention some other ones like relevance and measurement and, you know, uh, you know, soliciting ideas from employees, getting their input into problem solving. Um, and then you have a series of emotional needs, like a manager showing that they support the employee and care for the employee, working conditions, uh, impartiality and fairness, um, mastery and growth. Everybody likes to grow and develop. So there's about, uh, well, there's several different emotional and personal drivers that are part of that employee engagement. The second one, David, is uh, what we call the employee experience. And uh, everybody wants to enjoy their work experience. So uh, that can really relate to, you know, their strengths. Do they have an opportunity to work with their strengths? I think it's important to define really what would be a rewarding experience for the employee to just have some discussions with them, try and understand what they're looking for in their work and their career. And then you can try and tailor the work a little bit to kind of meet those, those needs and expectations. And it's, it's, it's not only defining what they're seeking, but also exploring some of the, the work roles and responsibilities and some of the metrics that are measuring that to make sure that they're comfortable with that. They understand what's expected of them in their work role. And maybe if they're, they're challenged or if they're focused, they might need some training or they might need some support. So those, those things are, are part of that work experience as well. And then lastly, um, we really feel that, and this has been shown in a lot of our work and studies, that employees that don't have a chance to grow and develop and move towards their career goals, uh, ultimately, they're probably going to look for something else. So we always encourage the managers to uh, to help the employees, they can help them in the creation of a career development plan. Now, that's not to mean that the manager does all the work and everything. It's actually the reverse. It's the employee that that does the work in trying to define what they're looking for, what direction they're trying to go with their career, what what work interests them, what is their their passions, and 
what steps do they need to take to get to that place? And the manager acts as a, a conduit or a support to try and you know, assist where needed to, to do that. So there's those three cores, cultivating engagement drivers, building rewarding work experiences, and helping the employees with their career development plan. That's, that's amazing. So I'm going to piggyback on what David said earlier. He said, uh, many times people, uh, people don't leave a, a company, they leave the leader. And so one of the things that Steve Jobs did, uh, walk around, and he spent time with people and he empowered people. He also said, we don't hire people and tell them what to do. We hire people, train them, and then they tell us what to do because yeah. he respected the value of their perspective and their skills, which means you got to hire right to begin with. So it, sometimes it starts there. But talk about, you know, leadership and from, from our training in Center Vision is based on relationship. If you have a relationship, then people are going to, like the conductor, I'm a, I'm a musical conductor. If the orchestra respects the conductor, they play as you intend. If they don't, you play, they play just as you, and you can't, you can't direct everything. So the relationship piece comes through regular intervention, regular conversations. Speak about that piece a little bit and why it's important. Okay. Yeah, I, I agree a hundred percent. And uh, to me, there's really, when you look at the non-financial reasons why employees sometimes will leave or resign, uh, I think there's two keys to that. And one is the relationships with their manager, but also with their colleagues. Um, and then the other is, I mentioned earlier, and we talked a little bit about those you know, emotions and feelings, how they feel about how they're being treated, um, what their experience is like, are they being recognized. But in terms of relationships, uh, it is it is critical to have relationships that are founded on trust, uh, that are um, interactive and, and open where they can communicate and uh, understand each other. Understanding is a key to relationships. I think if the managers and leaders are able to have uh, regular one-on-one -on -one conversations with employees, they're in a position to better understand their needs, support those needs, and that strengthens the relationship because it's, it's showing empathy, it's showing caring. And those, those are the cornerstones or the, the keys to building, building strong relationships and communication. And those, those are the things that I think help or, uh, leaders and managers in strengthening, uh, strengthening their relationships. So we need to take a, an objective view of uh, the risks of whether you're gonna lose some key personnel. Um, I had a friend that ran a really high level business and he, called me one day, says, I need you to come with, work with me. So I said, why? He said, I had a remote salesman resign with a fax and I didn't know anything was wrong. So sent him a fax and said, okay, I quit. So sometimes we isolate ourselves as leaders. So we don't really know what's going on. We haven't done what you just talked about in building the relationships and having conversations. And then we could spot the signals. So how do we know that we're at risk of losing some key people? Yeah, I've heard similar stories from, from time to time. And, um, you know, there's different ways. You know, I think surveys are certainly important because you can get some feedback. I think those one-on-one -on -one conversations or even group conversations can can raise some, some information, give you some insights into that. We have a tool that we work with. It's called our Retention Risk Analyzer. And really what it is, and is an assessment of those 20 key drivers in terms of what employees are thinking about those 
the, the drivers that really affect their decisions to, to stay or to leave. Exit interviews is another one. I, I think exit interviews, um, it, it's a little bit about the, the horse is already out of the barn, so to speak. You know, the person's already made a decision to leave and you're asking to give us insight of maybe what went wrong or why. And um, I think it's a little bit too late. So I, I, would, I would caution against that, not to say that they can't provide some insights, but the other thing is stay interviews. You've heard that term perhaps where, you know, periodically a manager will sit down whatever, once a year or something and, and you know, ask the employee, what, what, what is it you need to stay here? What keeps you working here? What do you enjoy? And our, our ideas are to go a step beyond that and have more regular conversations. But those are three or four different things. And um, there was another point that just escaped me, but it'll probably probably come back to me about, um, uh, about that. Most of those systems, I don't care if you're in a nonprofit or a church or a synagogue or a business, you know, the, the highest dysfunctions are the hiring process because we don't hire the right way yeah. for the job and then creating expectations for the position. And then the other, other uh, uh, the assimilation and then creating the expectations. And then you've got something to have conversations around. And the other dysfunction is the annual review. You know, I've never seen so many bad yeah. procedures and everybody's nervous about it. And it's a, it's not a win-win. It's basically a lose-lose because everybody yeah. gets, now we could spend a whole, whole workshop on any of these themes. I mean, this is a big topic and it impacts the, um, how we function. So David and I are going to talk a minute about our, our, our community for nonprofit leaders, where we offer offer resources for, uh, it's hard leading nonprofits, and we need the camaraderie of community and also yeah. needs, need some other, other support that we don't even know we need. So before we do that, um, your website is manage to retain with the two being the number, manage That's correct. number two retain.com. So if mm -hmm. people go to the website, what would they find? Well, they'll find, uh, uh, we feel a, a pretty good overview about who we are and what we do. Um, there's some information there on the business case uh, regarding employee uh, turnover and, and also absenteeism and just what the costs are. I think it's, it's, it's outlined in, you know, certainly there's direct costs involved, but there's many different indirect costs involved uh, that people don't often recognize or realize or or calculate and you know quite frankly those indirect costs can be often more than the direct cost so there's a little bit of information there that explains that uh, it explains our uh, services and solutions what we feel we can offer to businesses and and nonprofit organizations in terms of helping their managers strengthen their relationships and you know build a uh, build the, the positive emotions and, and feelings that uh, employees have towards their career. If they get too many negative feelings, then they're they're often likely to look elsewhere or search for another job. So there's that. And then there's some contact information as well that is listed on the website. So I, I mentioned before we got on here that, that those of us who are old gray hair guys have a lot of wisdom to, to share. And <laughs> I, I like to say I'm an expert in leadership because I made all mistakes. So David and I, um, David's the board chair of Center Vision Leadership Foundation, and we have a very robust community of leaders. And today, David, one of the people, we have these group sessions every week where people network and help each other. 
and we have a theme of the day. And so the, the leadership upgrade was our, our, our thought for today and our channel. David, I thought it was really inspirational. And I've been doing this a long time and I come away from every session just encouraged. So why should people join this community? Well, you, you know, you're right. Today's uh, Douglas did a fine job in, in reminding me, you know, and I was in management and executive leadership for a long, long time before I got into the other side of the world. And and yeah, there things have evolved and things have changed. But, you know, our community, the Cinevision community, uh, is our kind of social media that's not a social media channel. It's a networking and collaborative arena for leaders in in any field, really. We focus, sure, on uh, nonprofit and, and clergy, but you know what? Everybody runs a business. They just, you know, they call it by something different. Um, the value of our community is networking, learning from each other, sharing with each other. And we have a lot of tools that are available for nonprofit leaders, nonprofit staff, business leaders who are interested in giving back to the community and so forth. And it's a great place, you know, and if you have, I'd like to invite you to actually uh, participate in our community. And if you have information that you wanted to share with our community, we put together a monthly news. Well, we don't call it a newsletter. We call it updates because it's like a non-newsletter. And uh, we'd be more than happy to put a, a guest contributor um, piece of content on there for you that you can share with your folks. Uh, use it as a marketing asset, uh, but you're also imparting imparting wisdom upon our group, and that is always beneficial to everybody concerned. So, you know, we encourage both a freed, there is a free membership, and then there's a paid membership. The free membership has a bundle of valuable content. The influencer membership has even more content that's specific to them only, and our community's growing constantly, but we're always looking for that piece of content that can make somebody's life different. And so I encourage you to take a good solid look at us. And you know, if you wanna spread your wings and spread your content, it's easy enough to send it to us. Just call, send it to David at centervisionleadership.org. So it's Centervision like Synergy, and contracted with vision, so no G, centervisionleadership.org. Uh, it's either David at or Hugh at. And so, Douglas, that was an invitation. You can join. You go to nonprofitcommunity.org. Nonprofit, it's a nonprofit community. So that's where you go, .org. And not only can you share some of your wisdom, you can network with people. We don't sell. We don't hit each up, up each other for stuff. We help each other. So it's a whole different than social media, which sometimes- Yeah, I would enjoy that. It's not very social. So, Douglas, what do you want to leave people with today? Yeah, just a couple of core thoughts, maybe, Hugh. I think um, every organization, you know, the workplace is changing. I think we all recognize that. I think leadership has to change with that as well. And I think we're seeing um, signs that the old command and control uh, style of leadership is, is probably long gone. And it has to be more interactive. It has to be built on trust. It has to be uh, showing some empathy and caring for employees, has to be supporting employees. So um, having said all that, I think it's important for organizations that want to keep their, that want to retain their talent and, and keep their people, 
to be constantly diligent about focusing on employee retention. And it requires some strategy and it requires some planning, but in the end, it, it will pay dividends. If in, in the alternative to that is that you maybe don't do anything and just hope for the best. And I, I think if that's the case, you probably will have some challenges in this area. And, and the second thing that maybe I can leave with the audience is that get your managers involved in the, the retention process. They're, they're really critical, if not crucial to employee retention. And, you know, we talked a little bit earlier about why they're so important, but they're the ones that directly interact with employees the most. Uh, they have the most influence and impact on the employee experience. They have the decision-making and autonomy often. They're, they're key to the feedback. Um, you know, they represent employees in meetings. They do the crisis management. They do onboarding. They do all these kind of things. So uh, they're, they're really important to retention also. Douglas Brown, thank you for being our guest today on the Nonprivate Exchange. You've given us lots of things to think about and lots of value. Thank you. Yeah, my pleasure, Hugh and David, and, and thanks so much for having me as a guest. Thank you for watching the Nonprofit Exchange. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>